But you don't know me. Shut up and sit down. Hey guys, welcome to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about a whole bunch of people that you don't know. As usual, we're hanging out here, drinking some beer, and we're going to tell you some really funny stories about even more people that you don't know. So today, I'm your host, Veeps, and we also have... I am Paul, the Great and Powerful. So we're very happy to be here today. We have some special stories for you, specifically related to traveling, mainly road trips. This is actually something that the Great and Powerful and I have specifically done together, and he has also done a lot on his own as well. So we have plenty of embarrassing stories and hilarious encounters to tell you about from those experiences. So that's what we're going to be talking to you about today. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you and I went on a road trip, uh, and I went on one before that, and then there is one that I've gone on after that. I got to do about three in a row once a year. I kind of wanted to keep it going and do one every year, but then I had my finals uh, or my graduation year, and that was a little bit harder on me. But the final road trip that I got to do was a month long, and that Mm -hmm. was kind of, I guess, the grand send-off for me for the last road trip that I've done. it, It was the biggest travel adventure that I had done. That's a month. That's a long yeah. time. Uh, it, it was a month of traveling with three of us in a car. Uh, sorry, four of us. I don't know why Jeez. I said three. Yeah, four, four of us in a small car. It's, it wasn't an SUV. It wasn't a van. This was a, I think it was a, I want to say a Ford. Uh, I don't know why I want to say a Ford Fiesta, but it definitely wasn't a Ford Fiesta. Uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was one of those small, typical four-door cars though it it was small it was a sedan yeah and uh so there was days and nights that we would spend nine hours driving uh that became routine once we spent 13 hours i think driving non-stop i mean i say non-stop we stopped for gas and for bathroom breaks of course but (laughs) no we all peed in (laughs) (laughs) We just had 16 bottles full Surprisingly, of Surprisingly, that didn't have to happen once. Hmm. Uh, that did not happen once, probably because there was no room for it. The <laughs> Four people going on a month-long trip means that not only was the tiny, tiny amount of trunk space all used up, but you had to use a lot of the space in the back. So you're in a tiny car, there's no other seats available, and then your leg space is cramped because there's luggage at everyone's feet. It was pretty terrible. And and then you would do that for 13 hours. Or Why nine would hours. you do that? This is the worst idea I've ever heard. It, it was some of the most fun I've ever had, though. And that's the thing. I feel like this is one of those situations where you look back and you're like, yeah, it was great. But in reality, it was horrible. Well, the thing is, is you actually didn't have time to think about how terrible the conditions were. <laughs> uh, it, most of the time, we would we would drive somewhere, get out, pitch our tent sleep, wake up, go on a cool hike, exhaust ourselves, immediately break camp, get in the car, and then drive another 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 hours, however much time it took. Uh, so we were exhausted in the morning because we got there late, 
Mm -hmm. And then we had to wake up early, so we'd slept, we would sleep about four or five hours. And then we would wake up and, well, you gotta do this hike. We're already here in this amazing national park. We gotta do this cool hike. So we go do a hike, and then we're more exhausted. Then you get in the car, and you're either driving or you're sleeping. So, uh, or, or you're just too exhausted to really think about anything else. Or, you know, you're also taking in the sights. There's a lot of beautiful places that we drove past. Mm -hmm. So... I think it wasn't until after looking back on it that you really think going, oh, wow, we spent so much time in the car. Uh, every, everything was new to us. But yeah, you have a, you have a destination in mind Yeah, we, every day was a new destination. Pretty much every single day was a new I destination. I feel like I get that a lot because I think when I traveled to China and mm -hmm. Japan, those flights are really long but it's kind of the same principle you know you have a destination in mind you know and you're very excited and yeah. it, it really goes by very very quickly and that's not the thing that you remember oh and speaking of flights i am dreading a 14 hour flight to uh, I'm, I'm moving to Talk korea to in a few weeks so i am dreading a 14 hour flight this will be the longest flight i have will have ever flown i think it's the longest flight there really can be before you just would have to fly in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't remember most of the... Well, you know, I take that back because traveling... Okay, mm. so a lot of times if you're really excited about the trip, the travel part of it isn't something that sticks in your mind. That's not the dominant memory. Right. But, but there is one big exception I can think of. Okay. And that was when I had to ride for 27 hours on a train in China. Oof. From basically southern China to northern China. And that was a horrible experience because there are literally we have these little cots mm. and that's it. And you can't even sit up in the beds. Like you, it's like, oh, okay, imagine like a wall, like a really thick version of cubicles. And there's going to be, you know, basically two or three beds mm -hmm. on either, either wall. So like each cubicle has like up to six people, depending on the train, like usually about four, but like sometimes six little like cot beds in it. And you can't sit up because you're so close to the other bed and that's it. That's all the space that you have. You have this little cot and then there's like a fold out seat in the aisle that's this big. And it really, there's barely enough space for people to walk through it, much less someone to sit there and someone to walk around you. See, I have never traveled on a train before, which means I've done a lot of traveling, especially around the U.S., Yeah, but I've never, ever been on a train. And so when it someone says... It can be really fun, yeah. but that is not fun. Because when you say, I spent 26 hours on a train, to me, in my mind, I go, wow, that sounds so great because you're sitting there in a chair and it's... You know, doing the bump, no, bump, it wasn't bump, a chair. Bump. It was a cot that right, I could okay. not. Just a cot. All I could do was lay for 26 hours. So you were not actually able to sit upright. I couldn't sit upright in my cot because that's there just wasn't enough room. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like I could like maybe just do an almost like crunch mm -hmm. and just hold it. And that's about as far as I could get. Or I could walk around. And then there was also, I mean, there were some bathrooms and stuff, but they were nasty. Like nasty. There was like shit on the floor. There was squatty potties. Mm. And for some reason, people can't poop on a train without getting it everywhere so see i'm picturing like uh phineas fogg and passport two on their train to where it's just they have an entire room to themselves with uh they do have those but you have to pay a lot more couches and and we tables and i was traveling with chinese people and right. they don't spend money on like the luxury like this was a luxury like mm. 
for them to in their mind they were like oh why would you pay like that's basically like going VIP for something like you're not going to buy VIP tickets to a big festival or right. like we think that that's silly because you'll be fine. It's just a normal train. Yeah, so that's it's a normal, normal train. transportation. So like you have the seats that you can ride in for 26 hours and that kind of sucks. But mm. at least here you have a bed, you can sleep, right? So right. like that to them, but to me it was like, what is this? So like in America we don't we don't use trains very often. Yeah. So for places that aren't going to have trains, the accommodations are going to be a little bit more because they're going to have guess. less people. On yeah. It. And they, these places are packed. Like mm-hmm. they overbook them. Right. Like the kids don't end up with their own seats, so they would have like a mother and daughter, like sleeping in the same cot together. Mm-hmm. Actually, in my little cubicle, there was a, a mom and her kid, hmm. and they took the bottom one, which was way bigger. Right. See, and I, uh, I have almost never been able to fall asleep while traveling. Uh, on this road trip or any other, I, I don't sleep in cars. I, I don't think I can sleep sitting upright. Uh, no, if I had a cot like yours, maybe I'd be able to sleep. After... I slept because there was nothing else to do. And it's 26 hours. Yeah. You're going to have to sleep at some point. At some point, um, you just are like laying there and you're like, I've been laying for 26 right. hours. <laughs> like, but but <laughs> sitting upright in a car... I'm just, I'm not going to sleep. But also, mm-hmm. traveling when you're going so... I was going all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast, up North, 10,000 miles. Everything that we saw was different. So, for the most part, it was fun to just stare at the window for three hours. It was fun to look out there and see what you saw. Yeah. Uh, the exception to that would be West Texas, which is where, for nine hours, there was nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean... The only sign that you had on the side of the road for maybe even, an hour. Can't even play the In My Pants game. Mm. No, there was, <laughs> we saw, so it's a straight road. There isn't a single bend. There isn't a single hill. It's just a straight, flat road. Mm-hmm. All the scenery is just flat brushland, like either it's kind of deserty with little brushes or uh grass there's, there's no trees there isn't really any mountains there's there's nothing to see and there's no buildings anywhere so we ended up seeing a sign come up like oh i wonder what the sign is for is there an intersection coming up what what is the sign for it says trash can one mile <laughs> and we just start laughing we're, we're perplexed like why is there a sign for this trash can what is it a a turnoff point for something big? Is it a rest stop? Why does it just say trash can one mile? And then there's another sign. Okay, what's this one? Trash can, 0.5 miles. <laughs> trash can, 0.25 miles. Finally, we get to it. It's this tiny little turnoff. I mean, and just like a little shoulder off the side of the road with one trash can. What? That's it. There's just the, the normal road. And then there's a little bit of a turnoff. And there's... A pole with one of those little metal baskets, and there's a trash can inside of it, and that's it. And we drive <laughs> past it, and there's just nothing again. And we all just burst out laughing because why was that there? there there's I can't imagine there was anyone within a 100 mile radius anywhere. And it's just like here's a trash can for you, just just in case you need to need to throw away some trash. I get it. They don't want people littering, and there's no buildings or anything to go inside and throw away trash, so it's there to cut down the litter, I guess. But at the same time, it's just... That's right. It's a trash It feels like something that you would read in, like, a Dwayne Mike... Like, not... 
Not Dwayne. Feels like something you mm-hmm. would read in a Douglas Adams novel. <laughs> Just, yeah, the, the lone trash can in the desert. <laughs> Like, there's a man just trapped in the desert, and for days he's just walking, and he thinks he sees some water, and he gets in there, and then it's just a trash can. <laughs> People! No. Like, no, it's just Every a time can. it's only a trash can. So, and there was, we didn't see a single car out there, there was nothing, but shortly after this, mm. uh, we're driving, and this is a two-lane road. I'm driving in the left lane. In this particular area of texas so i guess county law or maybe it was the state law you are legally not allowed to drive in the left lane unless you are passing i i don't understand it but so i'm driving the left left lane and i'm not passing anyone because there's no one there and out of nowhere a cop just pops up i mean he just like genie wait you said it's a two-lane road and you were driving the wrong side of the road no 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 like th- there's two lanes going one way two lanes so it's four lane okay. yeah yeah sorry but th- <laughs> i was like well i can see why he two, would pull you over there was two, there was two. <laughs> you're in a two-lane road and you're driving on the left <laughs> it's like we're in america <laughs> <laughs> there is two lanes going my direction okay and what if it's just like green screens along the side and you think that you're i don't driving know anywhere? how you're driving on like a revolving like road <laughs> and like really they're just pulling out of the green screen <laughs> I'd, I'd believe it i would believe it uh because there's no other way that this cop just appeared i could see in front of me for probably 20 miles and behind me just as much and there was no other there was no roads going any other direction and suddenly this guy was just there i didn't see him he was just there and he pulls me over and uh, i had no idea why he was pulling me over because i know i knew i wasn't speeding and he says do you know why i pulled you over I said no sir he said it's illegal for you to be driving in the left lane unless you're passing someone I said oh i i had no idea i said yep just be careful next time so it says okay which is weird because in, we're in the middle of nowhere 100 miles from civilization this cop just appears tells me that i can't drive in the left lane so he lets us go gives us a warning and, and then, then i drive vanishes again, like. <laughs> well i drive not more than maybe like 30 seconds or a, a minute and suddenly it turns to one lane so had he not caught me right when he did, I wouldn't have been breaking the law anyways. I would have just been in the only lane there was. So just the pure coincidence of this one cop finding me in this vast sea of nothingness, driving in the left lane right when it was about to disappear anyways. It, it, it was... I know it's not that weird of a story. It's just, oh, that's a funny coincidence. But because we have been driving... it's weird. We have been driving, I think, at this point for six hours. Yeah. And had seen nothing. (laughs) Me and... So, two of my friends are in the backseat, and they're both asleep. But me and the guy in the passenger seat that was awake, we... As soon as we get to the uh, lane where it turns into just the one lane, we burst out laughing so hard. I mean unbearable laughter i can't breathe i'm crying i can't see where i'm going i had to slow to a crawl just because i was laughing and crying so hard just i I think we were going delirious from being in the desert so long but just (laughs) seeing seeing the weird coincidence of the road turning into one lane we 
fucking lost it. <laughs> and our friends wake up and they're just trying to figure out what happened and we're trying to explain it to them. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. All I right. do feel like, I feel like this is one of those episodes in like a, or like a TV show or a movie where, you know, the people in the backseat are you know, asleep and this crazy thing happens mm-hmm. and there's this like weird adventure that the other two go on and then they can't ever explain to their companions like what <laughs> happened, like a d- weird dream sequence that they shared or something no, that like that. Dream sequence is the right way to put it. And I think that's why we just started laughing so much because of this weird coincidence and just how we were out there and nothing. And how they just so slept long. through everything. Yeah. And, it, you know, and so there were a couple so they're you know being all sweet they've she's got her head on his shoulder and they're both just out of it asleep and then we're just going crazy laughing and she slowly turns her head and it's like what's going on like i don't know how to we we didn't know how to describe it um but it'll forever be our secret (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's another time that we just lost it um and i think i think it was the heat and being in nowhere yeah uh that made us lose it so many times because there was nothing there was nothing stimulating there was nothing to look at nothing to experience so there there was we were like sensory deprived Uh. so there's another time we're still in texas still in the desert we're actually in big bend national park which i think is america's largest national park and uh you're also like 100 miles away from the nearest town and the Mm -hmm. nearest town is like 50 miles away from anywhere else and that town is like three motels and a gas station uh so you're you're out there in the middle of nothing and we're driving at like 11 o'clock at night uh kind of don't know where we're going can't see anything it's all desert and uh our friend our friend is driving and she hits a rabbit what and yeah, she she hits okay, a rabbit. I started to zone out for a second, and then you just like what? <laughs> yeah, so, so she she hits a rabbit, and she's really sad because she just killed a little bunny rabbit. And ice cream, we go no. And before we can finish reacting to the fact that she just killed that rabbit, and she she's starting to cry, and it, it's only been you know a few seconds after she hit it, and we're all reacting to that. Then she hits another rabbit, <laughs> and our reactions change from being mournful for this poor rabbit to just bust out laughing again and we're just going hysterical over this rabbit just because again it was this weird circumstance we're in the middle of the desert in in nowheresville and we hit this poor little rabbit and we're literally you know she's literally crying about it i was yelling out about it and before we can finish reacting we just hit another one and we just lose it again so you hit how many? Just, just two, just two. Oh. But uh, it was consecutive bunny murders. Um, That's what, okay, because I remember you write, we wrote down episode ideas and story ideas here, just things, and you would give me these weird ominous titles of things <laughs> that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so consecutive that, that's consecutive bunny murders. Bunny murders. Um, that was a beautiful area, though. I, I don't know why or how we just hit those two random rabbits. We hit one and the other one thinks, oh, this is a good time to cross the road right now. Um, just when there's no other cars ever. <laughs> and then they choose that one time. Yeah. One runs and commits, what a, I, runs to her death and then the, the I, mate runs. I felt so bad for my friend because she was driving and she she was crying. She was like laugh crying about it. Yeah. Uh, we, we were all kind of laugh crying about it at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm looking at some of these titles here, these right, booting, right. Um, these ominous titles. That I want to call down. them ominous. Some of them are. 
<laughs> so we have a few stories from our road trip. Yeah, let's talk about our road trip. Because... But what is broken backs and pet psychics? Oh, um... Th- there's not much to that one, to be honest. Uh, uh, it, it, uh, most of those titles sound more fun than they actually are. Oh. But my friend, when we were on this trip, his back kind of gave out on him. <laughs> and it, it started causing him immense pain. He had to lie down all the time in the car. He wasn't able to hike prolonged... Uh, Lots of time. He was, yeah, he was having severe back pains. We ended up having to take him to uh, the ER in Washington, and we're waiting for hours and hours in the waiting room. He, he's in there with a doctor, and there's this other woman in the waiting room that's been waiting for hours because she wants to get a wart on her finger looked at in the ER. But she's she was an incredibly sweet lady, and she chats with us for a while. Because uh, we're both all stuck here waiting mm-hmm. for a long time together. She gives us organic popcorn and uh, goes in her car. She just, she just had bananas in her car, so she brought us some bananas and fed us. But uh, she was like a pet psychic or something. She, she um, First of all, she she gave us her card. or She, she gave us her card, and I, I can't remember all of what it said on there. But to paraphrase it, she is a masseuse that can read a person's energy through touch. But not only that, she's a psychic in the sense that by massaging someone and touching their skin, she can learn about their past. So she should be massaging you and then say, oh, such and such happened to you while you were in high school. Or <laughs> so such she and can such be massaging about you and be like, world. I know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, and so that was part, that was, I don't remember what the job title for that was, because I've never heard of that job existing, but that that was one of the things. Why did you call her a pet psychic? Because she Well, because the second part of it, uh, she also claims that she can speak to pets. Oh, so, not just animals, pets, right, specifically pets. Yeah, um, so not only does she lend her services as a psychic masseuse for, for people, but she will also uh, meet with your, make an appointment for you and your pet. And if your pet is, I guess, misbehaving, she will kind of, I, I don't know, get on its level, understand why it's acting out. Understand its teenage angst. Yeah. She's like, oh. <laughs> Encourage it to write poetry. <laughs> your, your Shih Tzu is very upset because he doesn't like the kibbles you're giving him. He He, he says that you gave him a... Uh, some table scraps once I, I think it might have been chicken and he really wants more of that and that, that's why he's acting out i don't know i think it's something like that i think that's what she does but she's a pet psychic so th- this lady was bonkers um and to anyone that is a pet psychic out there i apologize uh but she was she was a little bit on the weird side um and <laughs> i can just, imagine so it was just interesting meeting this woman in an er of all places and getting to know her and uh in an ER she, to get a wart looked yeah at. she just wanted to get a wart looked at she thought it was dangerous um she talked about okay uh slab city my brain just like ran with the okay. <laughs> 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 like, like it might explode at any moment <laughs> <laughs> i th- there might have been more to it but i feel like i would remember 
if there was. It is you. And this was, this was pretty... Yeah, I don't have the best memory, people. But this was a very memorable person. <laughs> and for these memorable little moments on my trip, I like to think that I remember it quite well. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure she was just getting a wart looked at because she thought it might be dangerous. Uh, she also talked about the fact that she, I think she used to live mm-hmm. in Slab City. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Slab City, uh, but it was actually featured on the movie Into the Wild or also in the book. Mm. And it used to, at least according to her, it used to be radioactive. And uh, it's like, you know, it's like honestly... these concrete ruins <laughs> and there's graffiti all over them now, but there's a bunch of just hippies that go out there and they live there. Mm. Uh, so there's just these people that live in Slab City and they live in these little concrete ruins of a area that used to be contaminated or something. But so, so she used to live there. So uh, some sort of concrete slab, hippie, pet psychic, psychic masseuse. If only you guys could see the expression on my face right now. It's just like, what? I tried my hardest to nod and act like I understood the things that she said and act like uh, it it had credence. (laughs) Um, She's not, oop. (laughs) (laughs) So I talked to her about the thing. When you're talking to a stranger and you have no one else to talk to, you try to find common ground. So I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe you should check out the uh, the sewer people in Las Vegas. Because she was talking about how she used to live in Slab City. And to anyone else, they might go, um, what? But she's like, oh, yeah, tell me about that. And she's all interested. So I was telling her about how there's these people in Las Vegas that actually make homes in the, uh, like, runoff drains and the flood uh, drains under the strip in Las Vegas. And they actually have furniture huh. in there. And they come out at night. And go to the casinos and we'll actually just look for chips that drunk people have mindlessly left in the machine. Oh. And you can make hundreds of dollars a night sometimes doing that. But that's what these people do. They live, they literally just live in the uh, runoff drains, uh, the storm drains. And they come out at night and find money that people have left around in the casino. Uh, and she, she's like, I'm, I, I might have to check that out. I might have to go there. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Apparently she's kind of semi-nomadic. She travels with the seasons. Um, so I don't, I don't know if she had a home. I can't decide if I think this is really awesome or if I just really want to judge her so hard. I mean, I, I, I want to judge her too. But, she's but just I can't because so, I'm like... She's so different. And, and she's so like... Not, it sounds like unapologetic about it that you're like... Yeah, no. I just, oh, she's so different okay. that you really don't have a right to judge her for being the way that she is because you don't know anything about that kind of lifestyle i i know nothing about the kind of lifestyle she lives yeah. or the kind of things that she does uh it's just it's different it, it, it was culture shock just speaking to this person who was yeah. also an american <laughs> fair enough oh <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but i really liked that um that, that's my favorite part about these road trips is meeting these strange or different people so we have some great stories about that. Yeah. Segwaying yeah, that's a great straight segue. into our road trip mm-hmm. and the commune. So segueing straight into our experience mm-hmm. with some, you know, really interesting individuals who were way more on the awesome side of that spectrum than on the weirdo side. They were on the weirdo side. No, they weren't. 
A little bit, yeah. They were, but they were so cool, though. Yeah. Like, they were really nice. They were really nice. Um, But I do think that the people in the commune were weird. <laughs> they were cool. And being weird isn't bad, but they were but very weird. But it was an interesting weird. mix. Okay, so back up. When we say commune, not everybody there was somebody that you would imagine to be living in a commune. No, definitely. Um, so we met two very, very normal people. One was like a traveling nomadic type, but she was, I think, from a wealthy family. She was Chinese, you know, and she was just experiencing it. And she's still, mm. honestly, she's still, even now, she's still traveling. Hmm. Like, I follow her on Instagram. I follow her on Facebook. I love, like, she's a photographer. She takes these beautiful pictures. And she's traveled all over the world. And we randomly meet this, like, super She actually sweet... came in at the end of our journey yes. on the commune. So, But we... the first person we met was a college student who was doing what they call wolfing, right? Woofing. Woofing. <laughs> yeah, woofing. She, she was there as part of the woofing organization to just work on the farm. Uh, so they had this, this commune. It was also, like they would also grow things as well. So they had planted what they called an edible forest that they were trying to cultivate. And they also had plants that they were actually cultivating as well. So they grew like hops for beer. They, you know, had um, goats and they had like, what are some? They, they had chickens. They had goats. Uh, they had strawberries, I think squash, cucumbers, mm -hmm. uh, zucchini, uh, apple trees and it, and it was all communal you when if you were going to be staying there you helped out on the mm -hmm. on the farm you helped out with whatever work that they were doing and the food was communal so th there was a communal house that pretty much everyone stayed in mm -hmm. and when we were being shut around for the first time uh the guy that owned the place he shows us to the kitchen and says here's the kitchen all this food in these crates is yours to grab, yeah have you want just crates and crates full of i think they were all zucchinis at the time zucchini squash yeah they had just harvested a and bunch they had of some tomatillos and stuff like that mm -hmm. um so a lot of that uh and every morning people would wake up to milk the goats um <laughs> which by the way is a really fun experience did you do that at all? I didn't actually do that. Um, I didn't get to milk I, the goat. I was I, there I watched when they were her. doing it. Okay. Yeah. I and they watched... tried to teach me, but I felt a little mm. weird about doing it. I kind of <laughs> so felt like it's manhandling the goat. I want to just give a roster real quick of the people there. And yes. then and then we'll launch into we the can story. describe them and talk about some of the stories. So let's talk about the roster. Uh, we have the guy that owns the whole place. Yeah. And... He's kind of a genie, and we can talk about why he looks like a genie in a minute, <laughs> but I think he looks like a genie. He does. Uh, then we had, I guess, some semi-permanent residents. Uh, uh, it was a couple, so a girl and a guy. Oh, yeah, and they were living in the bus lived, outside. They lived in a bus yeah. uh, right next to the communal house. So they kind of lived there. Then there was this guy who uh, I, I guess also lived there. I'm not sure. Was he the friend of... No, no, that was a different person. Um, there was a friend that came to visit that also was a genie. He was he was also a genie in appearance. Uh, but this yeah. other guy, he... I, I'm trying to think if he lived there or not. I feel like he lived there. I'm pretty sure he lived there. Um, I don't actually remember this person. So 
when we were there, he actually went away for a little bit. Yeah, I think I vaguely remember. But he came back and he had a large box bass guitar that he had built himself. And apparently he was there all the time. Uh, Just not when we were there. Uh, But yeah, so we have the genie. We've got the couple that lives on the bus. We've got this other guy that... The bass guitar guy. The bass guitar guy that was gone for a little bit. Uh, Jeannie's friend, who was also a genie, but he, <laughs> genie he wasn't living there genie. at the time. Then we've got this guy who was from Israel, mm-hmm. who pretty much looked like an elf, uh, uh, an elf or a fairy. Like right. Tolkien elf. Yes. And then his girlfriend. Who was American. Right. But may as well have been from another planet. The, who's awesome, by the way. <laughs> Still follow her on Facebook. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, the girl that was from China. Yeah. We had the, the woofer. Right. Uh, the woofer. She was from Georgia like us. Mm-hmm. And I think that we at least like to think that we were most similar to her in that uh, not quite as different. She wasn't as quite. She was very, in a lot of ways, very normal. Mm-hmm. She was like the straight man when right. we walked in. She was like yeah. the worst that we flocked to her. Like, well, what have we done? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, you were a little more, more uprooted than I was. I, I kind of felt like I was home in a way. I was like, this place is amazing. I never want to leave. I was like, oh my God, these people are so weird. <laughs> well, because mainly um, the guy who greeted us, he was like stoned out of his mind mm. when he got there with his friend, second genie. So the two genies basically right, greet us right. and he's like super high and, <laughs> and really confused. Uh, to finish the roster, we also had uh, a guy that had been there for, I think a month or at least a couple weeks. Oh yeah, German guy. From Germany. Uh, the 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 guy from Israel pretty... and his girlfriend had also been here for about a month, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'd been uh, there for an extended period of time. And then there was also there was also the guy that kissed you. I can't remember who he was. <laughs> I, I think he just came to visit for a day. He was a musician. Yeah. Okay. So to clarify, this quote unquote commune is actually more like a musician's residency kind of Well, it was away. transitioning into that. That's yeah. what that's what But couch surfing was still it. a big part of yeah. it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. They still did wolfing at that part. They still opened it up for couch surfers. Um, and I think we were one of the last groups for couch surfers mm-hmm. that were allowed to come in before they fully transitioned over there to only bringing musicians onto right. the farm. So So the owner, so when I say he looks like a genie, he's got this long brown curly hair and a big <laughs> beard kind of like Jesus. But then he, the I image, have a video I'm, of him mm-hmm. that I literally took with the sun behind him, wearing <laughs> oh, like flowing clothes picture. and then like a vest. That and he really go, did. That picture should go on the website, maybe. Well, we can't do that. Yeah. No, yeah, okay. But I, I wish he could. Uh, he often wouldn't wear a shirt, but he would wear this purple ornate vest it looked like it was from india maybe or morocco or something in reality so, it was from a thrift store yeah he got it from a thrift store but it, the aesthetic of it, it he would just wear n- no undershirt but then just this purple vest and then he wore these baggy yoga pants or something yeah. those kind of linen pants so they're very baggy and he just looked like a genie uh he, he was barefoot like everyone else in the commune uh, they most of them were barefoot half the time. Yeah, uh, most of them. So he looked like a genie. He was practicing shamanism. Uh, I believe he actually used to be in a circus in Hawaii. He was. He was in a circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talked about 
being many years. And I actually told this story when I went to Sweden later. I met somebody else who knew someone that was in a circus <laughs> that was like, I think, in the same circus. It was weird. It was just really random. We were talking about it. They were like, yeah, they were in a circus in Hawaii. And I was like, no freaking way. They <laughs> talked about it. And it was very similar yeah. to what he, the picture he painted for us. Yeah, so this this is the guy that actually taught me how to juggle. <laughs> uh, but so... So yeah, we, he was like a pro his, juggler. Mm-hmm. I remember that, yeah. We mentioned his friend that also looked like a genie. So picture these two guys that look like genies. They're dressed up with no shirt, purple vest, baggy white pants, long curly brown hair, big beards. And at one point, they both got on those big balancing balls. The ones that you use for uh, stretching and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they both stood. Yeah. They both stood on a different large balancing ball and stood on top of it and balanced while it's standing and started juggling. And they were both juggling individually on different balls, balancing, standing up on it. And then they started passing one ball to each other. So they were juggling. They were each individually juggling three balls. And then there was a fourth one that they would keep passing back and forth while juggling it. Yeah. And it was just, it was a circus show just in the middle of his cabin, uh, <laughs> which is interesting and i think i was playing the piano at that point mm-hmm. so i just started playing some goofy circus music uh he he was in the middle of and we got to help him put up some stuff in this as well uh in the middle of building a cabin yeah so away from the communal house and behind the farm right by a little river he had a cabin that he had built from with reclaimed lumber uh yeah and like recycled windows, that kind of thing. Uh, no, I, I think I think he had electricity running to it, maybe. No running water or air conditioning. No, he didn't have running water because there was a stream outside. Right, and he right. had rigged up some kind of like wood pieces and created this like makeshift shower in the stream. So he would literally bathe mm-hmm. in the fresh spring that was like yeah, next he, to his the, house. There was a, the river sort of dropped down to a lower level, but he had dammed it up yeah. so that it created a little waterfall about maybe about five feet high and then he took a long piece of bark uh from a tree Mm -hmm. so it was you know maybe about three feet long and it was uh sort of curved like a semicircle Mm -hmm. and he put that in the center of the dam so that it caught all the water and funneled it down and he just used that as his shower in the morning. So he showered in a river. The hot, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the river. Didn't bathe week. in a river. Showered in a river. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, and then the one time... Um, so one day we come out and we just look up. And his, his little cabin was like up on the top of the hill mm-hmm. with like the sun behind it. It was in the open field. He had all the hops growing outside of it. And we look up there and he's just playing the fiddle. And he's like pants and his vest and his hair blowing in the wind <laughs> it was it was surreal yeah it was beautiful but it was, it was surreal yeah. too it, it, it was the whole time we were there we felt like we were in another universe yeah because re- reality just was not a part of this place mm-hmm. and i say that they were in, really into like alternate alternative mm-hmm. history and yeah like, alternative alternative everything it was really strange though because nothing from the outside really seemed to affect this place. Mm-hmm. I don't think that if I was home in the suburbs and some guy dressed up like a genie was just playing the fiddle in the, in the light of the sunset, that I would just 
admire him. <laughs> but this guy He's is standing just on doing the, the exact same thing. Yeah, and and I'm just we're just watching this and we're just like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, we're this like mesmerized. Right? I, I'm and I mean all of this in the most pretentious way possible too. <laughs> like it, but it was it was really weird because we look back and I now I'm looking back like yeah they were a little bit like kind of out there, but in the moment it was the most natural thing in the world. Like we yeah. were the ones who didn't fit. And oh yeah. It was like magic. Mm-hmm. It was like we had gone to a completely different place. But also some of it was really, really funny too. So um, first things, let's talk a little bit about the couple that right. was there because they were really, really fun. Mm-hmm. She was like super out there, very artistic, just the epitome of a free spirit. She, like uh, not... she did not step anywhere. She danced. She and only danced. And she I, I had bells th- literally on her mm-hmm. ankles. Yeah, she, uh, she, 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 and her boyfriend were always barefoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was always, pretty much always, uh, shirtless. Uh, and when we say he looks like a Tolkien elf, he's got this long, slender, uh, pale body with. He was kind of tan. Was he? Was he tan? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was, but he had this well, like beautiful like yeah. He had very complexion. beautiful skin. He was just like gorgeous. He had really long, straight blonde hair, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes he would play the flute. And his girlfriend, who was also always barefoot, would just be dancing around the house. She would glide over the hardwood floors uh-huh. essentially, and he would just be playing the flute. Um, they were both like elves. Like yeah, was, they, they were not. But. Th- they were the ones that belonged, and we didn't. Yes. Again, it, and, and it's not like they had known the owner for the longest no, time. No, they just they, they happened just upon there. it as but well. But these are the kind of people that I guess were attracted to the kind of place. And mm-hmm. and I loved that. Uh, but I'd love for you to talk about the time that the guy played the flute with the goats. <laughs> okay, so our elvish friend, our <laughs> elven friend, if you will, um... One day he, we wake up, it was very early in the morning and they all woke up pretty early to, to go and, you know, help on the farm or do other various things like milk the goats and they would make fresh cheeses and stuff out of it as well. Mm -hmm. So there were lots of chores to be done around the area. So one day we wake up and I don't actually think I saw this, but you told me about it later. Um, See, I I thought that you had seen it and told me about it. No. (laughs) One of us encountered this. Yeah. No, one of us (laughs) encountered this, but... I could completely imagine it. So we were the cabin that we were staying in is kind of at the bottom of the hill, and there was like a, the goats and their little pasture area was right outside of where we were. Um, and we wake up to him playing his flute outside, which was pretty normal. And then walking up the hill with all of these goats just trailing behind him, like without a care in the world. Yeah, he he just he decided to go on a walk one day, so he grabbed the flute. And opened the pen to the goats and just started walking up a hill playing a song like the pied fucking piper. And these goats just follow him up a hill. <laughs> and, and that's what we're talking about when we say he's like elvish or fairy like. He he belongs in a German folktale. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Um, so it felt like that. Mm-hmm. And, and they were, they were, they made a. He and his girlfriend. I guess we're the chefs of the place. They cooked for us a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thanks to them in the short... I did introduce him to pesto, though, and he was like... Did you? Yeah, I sauteed a bunch of vegetables, and we had that pesto that my grandmother mm-hmm. made, because I was vegan at the time. 
didn't have any like cheese or animal products in it. And they were all, I think many of them were vegetarian mm-hmm. or vegan. And so I just did like all vegetables sauteed with like loads of pesto. And he was like, this is the most delicious American food I've ever had. <laughs> I don't think pesto is American. It's not. It's Italian. But Right. Well, so that's a Mediterranean thing. And considering Israel's kind of. I don't know. For I'm some pretty reason sure they, they had... borrow some of the same cuisine. But for some reason that he oh, had not encountered this like or at least a combination like that before. Like he never thought to put pesto on like healthy food and like make that like a mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. But I just distinctly remember him telling mm-hmm. me, Oh, this is the most delicious American food I've had. Yeah. Like Well, they made they made for us homemade hummus. Bread. Uh, homemade bread. Mm-hmm. Uh apple cookies from apples freshly picked from a tree. Uh Cheese, uh, goat cheese, freshly made. Uh, we would often put the goat's milk that they had just milked that morning into our coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they made all kinds of things. I, th- I think they also made yogurt. Good goat stuff. Yeah. But they made all sorts of homemade food for us. And that was part of my favorite thing about being there was so having healthy. a guy from Israel make me homemade hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and you you brought some stuff for them too. Yeah, we brought uh, a lot of some food. homemade pickled watermelon rinds. Oh yeah, that's right. Which that those my grandmother and I had made. Yeah, and you left them the whole damn jar. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. And that was kind of our diet on that road trip: was pickled vegetables, bread, and cheese. Yeah. Uh, you had pickled green beans too. I remember those, uh, but. We would often just go I to. I tried Whole to stay Foods. vegan as much as I could, but we were in Asheville. Right. The food. Was I just so remember good. most of the time we would go to a Whole Foods or an Earth Fair oh, and buy yeah. vegetable juice, and then we would buy a loaf of bread uh, and two different kinds of cheese, mm-hmm. and then we would make cheese sandwiches and throw some of your pickled vegetables in it, and we'd eat a sandwich on the road. Yep. And that's kind of how we fed ourselves half half the time the other half the time was going to bars and drinking a lot and eating really bad food and spending way more money than we ever expected to but that's kind of the definition of a road trip isn't it oh yeah no especially i remember in um asheville where we oh my god the bars there bars there folks if you ever have a chance to go to asheville check out i think it's called the monk's tavern Something like that. Yeah. And they have some of the best beer cheese that you will ever have. Oh, man. You just had, like, dip, some, dip some soft-baked pretzels into that beer cheese. Oh, it is good. Well, the weirdest thing about going to Asheville. So this was, I think, had you ever been to Asheville before? Yeah, but. Okay. So this was my first experience with Asheville. Uh, we come into Asheville, and I believe it was 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. on a weekday and it was raining oh yes but despite the fact that it was the middle of the afternoon on a weekday in the rain in the park was a dj playing rave music to a myriad of people <laughs> of all different walks of life i mean there was old grandmas there was little five-year-old girls. Yeah. There, there, there was normal 20-something dudes. Any kind of person from any age or demographic, whatever, they were there. And 
they were hula hooping. <laughs> they were hula hooping in the rain to rave music being played by a live DJ in a park. At like three o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on like a Tuesday. Um, what was that? <laughs> there wasn't a sign. There, there was nothing to indicate what this was. And it wasn't a huge gathering. No, it was there, a small gathering There was of maybe about 30, 20, 30 people mm-hmm. tops. And I just have It wasn't like an was. event. It looked like all of these people had randomly just come together, brought all of their hula hoops, mm-hmm. and some guy mm-hmm. busted out a DJ booth. And I, I'm pretty sure some of them had uh, like those neon glowing rave wristbands and stuff. Yeah. So it was some sort of weird There were like rave. people with like massive dreadlocks and like, you know, really like the people you would expect mm-hmm. to be doing stuff yes, like that. But then there was also But then there was also families. Grandma's <laughs> named Gertrude. You know, there's just I don't know what that was. And we walk in there and I say, well, this is Asheville. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this is where we are now. I guess this is where we are now. Yeah. No, that was was a lot of fun. I I would love to interview one of those people. Just find them. I know. What were you doing on a day? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, To get back to the commune for a minute, because... Uh, so the commune was not far from Asheville, no. and um, so this is all kind of one mm-hmm. big thing. But and we went into Asheville a couple of times with some of the people from the farm, so yeah. these stories kind of interconnect. Uh, we we experienced parts. We of stayed it together. at the farm. We originally just planned on staying for like what two three nights. I think then... we planned on staying there one or two nights. I think it was like one night, maybe two. We stayed there three nights, four days. Yeah, three nights and four mm-hmm. days. It felt like forever. Yeah. Most um, of the time we had to sleep on the floor. Yeah, because it was packed. Yeah. And the the pull-out couch had fleas. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you expect it not to? <laughs> well, he, like, and then when we said it to the genie, he, we told him, he was like, well, why aren't you guys sleeping on the pull-out couch? And they were like, oh, well, they said it had fleas. And he was like, got really offended because he'd put, what did he call it? Some sort of talcum powder thing? It was like diasporous earth. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, that can be used for um, pets with fleas. I have, I have a friend that. Is that what it's, it's not called that, though. I just made that up. It, it's a, it's a it word similar a to it. Yeah, and then it's something earth. Yeah, no, you're and, correct. Yeah, so it's a D word plus earth. Mm-hmm. But. He had like it was like covered in this white powder and we didn't know what it was for like the longest time and it turned out that that's what it was. It was like a talc powder that was supposed to help with the fleas. But um, diatomaceous earth. Yes, that's it. That. Uh, I was close. Yeah, yeah, I was I close. Just totally made up. An I didn't know that he was offended by a sleeping on the floor. Well, I he didn't... was like confused because he was like, "I put that on there," but in reality, I was like, "I don't know that that really." I don't really want fleas. Yeah, I, I really don't think that it was a comfortable mattress anyways. Yeah. Uh, we brought our sleeping bags and everything. Now, there Stuff there was like uh, something, another place that we could have stayed. There was a group of woofers that went up to the farm once in a bus that had been converted. Yeah. For and so it was, uh, it had like a big king bed in there and stuff. But and they had just abandoned it. They left. It was abandoned. Bring, yeah. And but it had been out there in the elements. Yeah. And so there was like a rain-soaked old mattress that was moldy. He's like, you guys can stay here if you want. <laughs> yeah, it, to be fair, it had not been kept up. It, the, I mean, it was completely overgrown. Like, the bus would never be able to move out of that spot mm-hmm. again. It was mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. Um, These people were very one with nature, but they were very much one with nature. <laughs> so they, I don't think he really understood that we wouldn't want to sleep on a mattress because there was mold on it. Yeah. 
He's I don't. I don't think he would have gotten. Like that. it's not gonna hurt you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is fine, but uh, I'm spoiled. I like to sleep on a freshly laundered bed. Yeah, basic white well, bed sheet, here. Freshly please. laundered sheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we. Yeah. So there was that. Um, so there was the German guy, who was really interesting. He wasn't weird in my opinion. He was just like really interesting. He was kind of like. Yeah. No, he wasn't weird. Um, he was a musician. That's why he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really talented. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And pretty much everyone here was incredibly talented, mm-hmm. musically speaking. Uh, every night, and, and there there wasn't much else to do at night. So what would typically happen? And I I love this because this is kind of like a very Appalachian thing too, being in uh, Carolina. Um, yeah, you know it's an Appalachian thing. At night, everyone comes home; they're all together in the house. And what are you gonna do to pass the time? You're gonna drink and play music. So for hours, and I mean hours, everyone would just sit there, and uh, it would start. Maybe one or two people would just be playing guitar together, mm-hmm. and then suddenly uh, the elvish man brings up his flute and he's jamming along. Yeah. Uh, once or twice, I started playing on the piano. Oh, and there's also you know just random instruments kind of strewn. Yeah. Oh, there's the dozens so of instruments. There's like an upright mm-hmm. bass randomly in the corner, and mm-hmm. there's like so any kind of instrument that you can imagine. They pretty much had, and somebody yeah. would just grab an instrument and jump in. And we would all just jam out together. And I mean for hours. We probably would play for three hours. And it, it wasn't, don't play if you don't know. It was just, yeah, grab an instrument. Play a note if you think it fits. The Elvish guy yeah. seriously looked at me. He said, I told him, we had a conversation about wanting to learn the, the cello, and there was a cello mm-hmm. there. And he was like, just grab it and feel the music. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how instruments work. But... I, li- I like that we're calling him the Elvish guy instead of the Israeli guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's the elf. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so, but the, the German guy was probably the most talented musician out there. And by far, he was... He was just so classically trained. It, yes, like, yes, yeah. he was, yeah. Everybody there was, like, naturally very, very skilled, mm-hmm. but he was the most, like, in terms of classically. Right. Uh, and, and one of the guys that we talked about that was here when I was going through the roster mm-hmm. had built a large stamp, upright base that he just built out of wood and mm-hmm. would play on that he was there for i think one of the days and played yeah. with us uh but the german guy was there for a very different reason than most of the people um the elvish guy was there because he had just finished up his service in the military in israel which mm-hmm. a lot of people you're required to do and a lot of people once they're done with it take a year off to travel mm-hmm. so that's what he was doing uh one of them was a woofer me and Veeps were couch surfers. Mm-hmm. This German guy was there uh, for health reasons, actually. He had for a while been going through some health stuff and none of the doctors could figure it out. And so he was trying to just get away from the city, get away from uh, anything unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, started doing a juice fast. Mm-hmm. And he was going to move into a actual fast like fasting from everything mm-hmm. for i think like a week yeah uh trying to just detox and get everything out of his system uh trying to get all of these ailments to stop uh so that's why he was there um and uh i i don't know what ended up happening with that guy because I, I don't keep tr- tabs with uh, him no he's facebook, back but... he's playing i mean he yeah. i've been keeping track of him on facebook actually um we haven't like spoken spoken mm-hmm. per se but you know with facebook you can kind of keep in track keep in touch with everyone yeah. and 
he's been doing a lot of concerts. Um, you know, he was like, he had completely shaved his head and he was looking very like Buddhist at the time. Mm. And he's got a full head of hair now. And like, he kind of is, he's doing his thing. Like, yeah. he just seems like, he seems really happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. He's, one of the biggest things was that he stopped playing because he was so sick. You right. know, I think he had some kind of autoimmune disease or something like that. But, um, but yeah, no, it looks like he's full force playing. He's, you know, living out his life as a career musician in Germany. And that's something that I really liked about the farm. It was something different for everyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody had a reason to be there. Yeah, yeah. And even if it wasn't, like, so much of a reason as I... Even if the reason was I didn't have a reason and that's why I'm there. Uh, like, us, you know, we had no reason to be there. We were just traveling. Place. Yeah, we, we, we had no reason to be there. We were just traveling. We, we were the wanderers mm-hmm. uh, that just kind of wandered into it. But it was something to us too and yeah. for everyone there they, none of them it's not like they were co-workers it's not like they were childhood friends this is just a group of people that happened to inhabit the farm at the same time we did mm-hmm. most of them were not there a month prior to our visit and most of them weren't there a month after our visit so you know the kind of people that would have been there three months before would have been a completely different group yeah it's interesting how this road trip that I did with you was the road trip I've done that spanned the smallest amount of space. We, like, we, we only traveled as far north as North Carolina. Yeah. And only as far south as Florida. Mm-hmm. So we didn't go very far. It was just southeast. But I met the most diverse group of people on this yeah. trip. So it, it started not just- with... The, the commune. Yeah, it doesn't just include the commune. Yeah. Um, and compared to the other road trips I've gone on where I went all over the U.S. for a month, I didn't meet this many people from other countries. So you had this whole group of people from the commune. We ended up uh, meeting, going to this bakery somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, the way back. We're and back. this guy had moved here, I guess, a few years ago from France. Uh-huh. So he still had an incredibly thick, I mean, very thick French, French accent. accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much a native Frenchman. But he had just decided to open up a bakery. He used to be a private chef. He worked in France as a private chef, going to uh, do catering functions or working for pri- for really rich people that would hire him to just do their private meals. Yeah. Uh, and he decided that he didn't want to do that Part of the reason was because he didn't like having to cook things that he didn't want to cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he decided to just open up his own bakery. Yeah. Uh, and I remember him just in a very blunt way calling you fat a couple of times. <laughs> like a couple of times. But you couldn't really get mad at him because he was just being French, I guess. He was <laughs> He was so like warm and... Like, yeah. Like fun. Oh, no, and he was he was and, incredibly friendly. But yeah, he totally called me. I, I can't yeah. remember exactly what he said though. Do you remember like? I don't. Um. It, 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 he didn't just say you're fat, but he talked about your figure a couple times <laughs> and talked about how you needed to diet. He's like, yeah, yeah, you should. You can eat less and do this. And you, he's oh, he told me to fast. He was the one that was yeah, saying the lemon juice. Yeah, and, he started yeah. giving you dieting tips and things unsolicited. <laughs> yeah, unsolicited diet. I was like, you know what? And I wasn't even that fat. Like, no, I no, was actually not. not that fat. <laughs> I was like, why are you telling me these things? Right. Uh, 
I can't remember what all they gave us. They gave us actually a bunch of free food there. Yeah, they gave um, us. His yeah. wife was incredibly sweet, In the midst of telling too. us, how, how telling me how to diet, gave us free pastries. Oh, yeah, just gave us free pastries, um, gave us a sample of fresh baked bread that they had just baked. Yeah. I think they put a little bit of cheese on it. Yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah, here's some bread. Eat this. Here's the pastry. Have this pastry. <laughs> and they're uh, telling me I should only drink lemon, hot lemon water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that that was that was interesting. We we weren't there long for that. Just, that was just a random place that we stopped. Yeah, we just on the way. stopped by somewhere for some food, and it just happened to be this French guy. I swear, I have a superpower for finding bizarre places on Yelp. Other places, that, I like, believe you. I you know how many times have I picked a place and we've ended up in a situation like that, like mm-hmm. just random, like hole in the wall. Like I'll find it, and that's I'll... why I need you to travel with me to South Korea. <laughs> I, I need you there because you have some sort of superpower or you emit some sort of aura uh, and it enables me to discover all these neat places. Because I found the commune. I found mm-hmm. their website. Yeah. I found that's what you, that's what you, honestly, the French bakery on you're the, you're the best traveling companion. You, you make this happen. She, she, she has some sort of weird travel luck charm with her because we ended up going to this one guy's house to couch surf. And completely random oh yeah so okay couch surfing is a really big deal for me and mm-hmm. i'll and i'll kind of introduce this story because right yeah. i'd use couch surfing um and i've met people while i was like living in asia a lot and this is the first time that we were using it well no because i found no i found the commune through couch surfing as well okay and then i found their website and that's how, how i really got into touch with them but they were like they had like a mini profile like some kind of vague profile on couch surfing um but yeah, so I was planning this this whole trip and we wanted to do it as cheaply as possible. So couch surfing was a staple for like my planning for it. Um, and then we were like, hey, when we planned out the, you know, the roads, we said we're going to go through Columbia, South Carolina. So we decided that we're going to go to Columbia and I find somebody on couch surfing. We're going to call him Birdman because he had like this crazy bird okay. mask he was wearing around. Um and we link up with him, we make the plans, and like a day before we head out there, I get a text message from this girl that I haven't seen since high school. Um, and she goes, holy crap, you're staying at my house. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, my roommate, Birdman, came to me and said, hey, <laughs> by the way, we have a couch surfer, and here's her picture. Let, let, I want to tell you about her. She's coming to stay with me. And she was like, holy shit, I know that girl. We went to high school together and we have really, really good friends. I like know her like really well. So just out of pure happenstance, again, superpower for finding the most bizarre mm-hmm. coincidences here. Um, we end up staying at this house of this girl that I was really good friends with back in high school that I hadn't seen in like years and years and years just by pure happenstance. So we get there. And that's not actually the end of how bizarre the story gets. Oh, no, the, the story is far more bizarre than that. But that is one of those small world coincidences. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, was this at the boarding school that you went to school with her? No, no, she okay, was so... uh, public school. We went oh, to, because like, okay. I did two years in public school. and yeah. Okay, all right. Because uh, I was never clear on that. Yeah. Uh, but, so I mentioned earlier that we met all these people from other countries and it does it doesn't stop with the commune and that random french guy because there was another couch surfer that this guy was hosting <laughs> she came and, in at the end though yeah she, she came at on day two day two I so think. we stayed there for three nights i think nights. yeah i think we did uh but she was from russia 
and she she had been to america before and had stayed for about a year but then she went back to russia and so you know other than the fact that she's been to america before she's pretty much first off the boat russian yeah uh but she was coming into columbia to go to university for a master's program mm-hmm. and was couch surfing with him for a few days before she moving into the dorms yeah before she was able to get her permanent lodging set up uh but she was she was an interesting character uh i don't think she quite understood american sense of humor <laughs> and even if you did understand american sense of humor you would have a hard time understanding birdman yeah because he was a very peculiar person (laughs) and that seems to fit the theme of our road trip story where it's just but he was like he was like white frat guy peculiar yes well he he was definitely very white frat guy but uh but in like the really eccentric successful white frat guy kind of way well he did a lot of like now this guy was probably what 24 at the time no he was in his late 20s okay uh so he he threw a circus themed party he got he just found a groupon uh online for a moon bounce for and, yeah one of those bouncy yeah castles. and he, was, and he like, was like obviously we have to get this and we have to throw a circus themed party obviously because <laughs> when i see a groupon for a moon bounce my first thought is i should throw a, a circus themed party and spend my money on this yes so but, but he did uh he and his three other roommates chipped in got a bouncy house and decided to build up this entire party theme with this in mind. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more that was oh, going yeah, on. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh he got one of his friends to live DJ. <laughs> he got another one of his friends to do face painting. No, he hired a guy to He hired do- a guy to do face painting. Uh one guy came dressed up as a clown. <laughs> He did. That was his cousin that he made. Okay. He did pay his cousin to come dressed yeah. as a creepy. He paid, so he paid his creepy cousin. Creepy clown with a knife. Yeah, this guy's walking around as a creepy clown. He's got a butcher's knife in one hand and a 40 in the other. He's walking around with a 40. Like and the really most ridiculous, nasty <laughs> clown makeup I've ever seen. And uh, But he invited a lot of people, like some of the professors at his college. And so there's this uh, math professor... Mm-hmm. who's there who's probably in his late 40s or uh mid 50s yeah and his boyfriend and uh his boyfriend is this black guy with dreads and he's wearing a viking helmet <laughs> on for the party and he just went nuts for the moon bounce like where we were all just jumping around for a little bit in the moon bounce but then he goes in there and he is just having a ball in this thing <laughs> They got really out of hand really fast. Yeah. There was also a ton of booze, including oh, an yeah. ice luge for people mm-hmm. to take shots out of. Yep, yep. That was the thing. That was I forgot fun. about that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, and so the, the Russian girl is just talking about she doesn't understand Americans and their, uh, like, how they have fun like in these parties. Like, well, what do you do for fun? She's like, we drink. It's like, well, this is what we're doing. We're drinking. She's like, yeah, but not like this. <laughs> like, to be fair, not all Americans just throw weird circus parties in their backyard. This is like the most bizarre setting. This is the night that she came in, too, is when this party yeah, was happening. Yeah. So she was like, what the fuck is going on right. here? Right. Yeah. 
but this is the funniest part about the whole situation. So you have this, this juxtaposition of this guy mm-hmm. who, you know, set up this community garden for his local area. He, you know, took this, like, threw this huge party with the, threw a party with the moon bounce and then took the same moon bounce into an orphanage yeah. the next day. It was like, you know what? We still have an extra day on this. You guys go to town. They'll just pick it up like, from here. Don't, don't mind the fact that a drunk gay Viking was <laughs> going to town in this, moon bounce uh this catholic orphanage can have it now yeah it it was it was a church affiliated (laughs) orphanage so that pretty much sums it up i think for travel stories (laughs) for our particular road trip story yeah at least for road trip stories i'm sure we we've got plenty of other things oh gosh so many travel stories uh but as far as road trips go i i think that's the gist of it is there's weird people out there (laughs) There really is. And they're uh, so close to you, you just don't realize it. Oh, no, really, it, it's true. Uh, I think we'll end on this. When I was uh, road tripping out past Seattle, we saw a man on one of those like 1920s velocipedes. You know, it's like the bicycle with the giant front tire and the small back one. Mm-hmm. Riding it through a drive through coffee shop. <laughs> and that's something i'm pretty sure you'll only see in seattle <laughs> or portland right <laughs> yeah makes sense well so, so yeah go on a, go on a road trip or two uh you'll meet some weird people they're 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 cool weird people they're not bad weird people but they're weird people some of them might be bad weird people we can't make any promises <laughs> yeah so on that note let's wrap this up um thanks for joining me today and sharing all those stories thanks for having me Okay, and I'm your host, Veeps. I'm Paul, and you don't know me. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. That's You Don't Know Me. Feel free to also follow us on social media at YDKM Podcast or check out our website at ydkmpodcast.com. As usual, the music in this episode is from bensounds.com. That's B-E-N-S-O-U-N-D-S.com. Shut up and sit down.